What's up, people? It is another scorcher here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You know what? I'm just going to stop saying the weather because it's hot. It's always been hot, and it's not going to change at all because it's summer in Philly, and that's just how it works. But anyway, it's the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network, a series of Vox Media podcasts. It is your host, Adil Royster. The hotness of the Ben Simmons queries just won't go away but there's something else that needs to be talked about needs to be discussed and that is about our all-star all-world all-everything center Mr. Joel Embiid now one thing you might notice right off the bat is that I have not yet introduced a guest and that is because I am going lone wolf on this week's podcast and I'm doing that because I have thoughts about the Joel Embiid situation that I have to get out 100% and just get all my thoughts out there, okay? Dave Early wrote a column talking about Embiid and not getting surgery for his meniscus that was a slight meniscus tear last season. It was a point of emphasis in the playoffs. It was something that everybody was thinking about, everything everybody was worried about. Word came down that he would not be getting the surgery. And, you know, you can feel one way or another about it. I There are some people that are saying, oh, maybe he should have gotten the surgery as soon as the season ended. Maybe he should have done this. Maybe he should have done that. Wh- whatever. I don't know what's going on. He knows his body better than anybody. If he says he's going to be okay, then... I have faith in him, not so much the Sixers medical department, but we have a long, storied, frustrating history with that staff, but we all know it. I don't need to get into specifics. The injury itself, you know, they were playing the Washington Wizards, they're up 3-0 on the Wizards, and honestly, I wasn't even sure if I liked the idea of him being in that game at that time, because up 3-0 against that Wizards team... I think if you put Ben Simmons at the five, I think they win that game comfortably if they are planning for it and they have all their ducks in a row and make that thing work. Turns out that wasn't the case. He gets injured in game four, thunder dunking and trying to posterize Robin Lopez, just unnecessary, but I'll get into that in a minute. So yeah, we all knew the story after that. Everybody was worried. Everybody was frantic everybody was panicking just like oh oh my god another playoff run with a less than 100% Joel Embiid oh this is going to be fantastic they lose game four by eight and Embiid had only played in 11 minutes but like I said they won game five by 17 with Simmons at the center position and he came in with a triple double with 19 11 and 10 Then the Atlanta series happened. I get it. I get it. Sixers were the number one seed, and this was their shot against Atlanta. Let's face it, Atlanta had nothing to... They they could not contain Joel Embiid for seven games. There's no way that could have happened. We didn't know that Ben Simmons would turn into a pumpkin during that that series. But hey, that's what happens. Life happens. And... Honestly, if they had advanced to the conference finals, assuming they met either the Bucks or the Brooklyn Nets, would the Sixers have even advanced with 
Embiid only at like 70 to 80% effectiveness because of the meniscus tear, the slight meniscus tear. Maybe, probably not, especially if they have to go up against Giannis. Let's face it, I love Joel Embiid. I love the Sixers more than just about anybody that listens to these Vox Media podcasts that reads Liberty Ballers. I am a huge Embiid stand, a huge Sixers stand like the rest of you, but with a slight meniscus tear, like with what Embiid had, banging with Giannis and keeping him out of the lane and doing all that work, that's, that would have taken a toll. And even... And with Joel in that state, I don't think they would have won that series. I just don't. I'm just being completely honest. So it just so happens that we didn't even have to think about it because the Atlanta Hawks bounced your Sixers in seven games in the semis. It's fine. (laughs) It happens. You know, sometimes things just don't break our way. They haven't for quite some time, as a matter of fact. But now... He's still not getting the surgery. This is after getting Supermax. And, I mean, it's it's okay. It's okay to worry about that fact. It really is. Because you're putting all this money into Embiid and just hoping that he's able to put it all together for a full season. If not a full season, just 100% during the playoffs. That, I think, is more important than anything else. Three, two, one... That, in my opinion, is more than anything. Three, two, one. That, in my opinion, is the most important item that could. Three, two, one. In my opinion, that is the most important factor when you talk about Joel Embiid heading into next season. There are still worries, and it's okay to have these worries, right? Any tear makes me nervous, right? It could be a slight tear, which is what Joel has. The slight tear could turn into a moderate tear. And that moderate tear could turn into a severe tear if he continues to play on it. And he continues to think that, hey, I got this down. Everything's fine. Everything's good. I'm still going to be the same old, same old Joel Embiid where I'm just doing my thing and I'm bullying everybody on the block and I'm thunder dunking everybody and and three two one and yeah I'm thunder dunking anybody and everybody in the paint even if it's like four guys all at once fine bring them all on that's cool no problem David in his piece brought up the Michael Thomas parallel and if you're not aware of this Michael Thomas is a wide receiver place for the New Orleans Saints He also had a similar type of injury where he could have had the surgery early, but he opted to do it basically right before the season started. And I don't know, would I have preferred to have Joel just take the surgery now and then we'll just figure out the first however many months up until, I don't know, whatever, January, February, maybe March, if it really drags itself out. I'm I'm not a doctor, so I don't know really like what kind of timetables we'd be looking at, but I I probably would have preferred that they just make well not necessarily make him, but strongly advise him 
to get the surgery because having Joel healthy for the playoffs, I think, is monumentally important. If Embiid is 100% when the playoffs starts, there is not one human being playing professional basketball that can stop him, right now anyway. If we're talking about the 1960s and 70s, maybe Bill Russell, but we're talking about 2021, 2022 here. No one can body Joel Embiid and stop him from doing everything that he wants to do. So maybe I would have preferred it if the Sixers kind of goaded him or leaned him into just taking the surgery taking the time that you need to get 100% and we'll catch up with you towards the end of the season and going into the playoffs. The re-injury during the season would be a little bit harrowing as well just because now you have to change everything around. And it's bad enough that we change coaches and coaching staffs and players pretty much like a revolving door over the last couple of seasons. But now you're looking at trying to retool everything on the fly with, for example, Ben Simmons at the five and hoping they can float by. I think Simmons at the five would be a nice stopgap, which is another reason why I'm extremely hesitant to trade him because if anything happens to Joel and there's nobody there that you can really center the offense around, can't really center it around Tobias Harris, can't really center it around anybody else but Ben Simmons because we've seen what the Sixers are capable of when it is a team centered around Ben Simmons letting him run the office letting him do what he does best which is penetrate drive and cause defensive havoc and nightmares for anybody right if he's on a smaller defender he can take advantage of him down low if he's on a bigger defender he can use his athleticism and quickness We've seen it in the series against the Brooklyn Nets a few years ago. We saw it against the Utah Jazz last year. We've seen what a Simmons-led Ben Simmons offense can do. And it's something that I really hope I see a lot of going forward, even if Joel and Ben are on the team together. And from all accounts, it sounds like that Ben Simmons and his camp, they're ready to start the season with the Philadelphia 76ers. They're ready to go with Simmons in a Sixers jersey, so we can just put all of this to bed right now, at least for the time being. We'll see what happens in the next couple of days, weeks, months. But again, that's not, I'm not 100% in on trading Simmons for that other reason that if Embiid goes down, you have to have somebody that can quarterback the offense and help you float by until Joel is healthy again. Simmons is a nice little plan B if that happens because if they trade Simmons and Embiid goes down, sorry folks, this team is done. Like, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. If Embiid goes down and there's nobody... Like, I'm not really trusting Andre Drummond to help this team float by until the until the playoffs, depending on how long Embiid is out. Like, a complete meniscus... Let's say it's a complete meniscus tear. Let's say worst-case scenario, because that's... As Sixers fans, we just love to deal in worst-case scenarios. It's always... <laughs> it's always black or white. There's never the gray area that we look into, but that's fine, whatever. Let's say that it's a total meniscus tear when he re-injures it, right? Who on 
who in Sixers Nation is happy and content and just saying, okay, all right, it's Andre Drummond, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, and the the rest of the roster, Thibel, Maxi. Yeah, we'll just float by until MB gets back. Yeah, no, not not buying that. Not not at all. Not if that if Joel MB goes down, the might as well just wait. You might as well just waste a season. And I know this is going back deep into process days, which would really suck for a lot of us. But if Embiid goes down, pretty much that's the season. I'm sorry, that's true. What you're looking for is a percentage. And you're also looking for a change of mindset with Joel Embiid. And I think his mind has to shift going into the season. It just has to. At this point... It's championships or bust for this group, for this group, for this roster, for this organization, for its coaches, for its fans, for everything. The city, it's championship or bust from now on. Regular season does not matter. Everybody has to be on board with that plan. Right now, Joel is fine, but come January, February, March... If that knee starts to bother him a little bit, he has to get scoped, this, that, and the other... Dave also pointed out in his column that, you know, he had to get his knee scoped and it was not pleasant. Might be a little, it it may feel better, but it's definitely a little bit more quote-unquote clicky, as he put it. So, what now, right? Adio, you're saying that the mind has to shift, regular season doesn't matter. Like, what are you looking for now? And, I'm very glad that you asked that question. But real quick, I'm going to take a quick breather. We're going to pay some of these bills for Liberty Ballers and Vox Media. And I'll be right back. And we'll get back to what I believe should be the plan going forward. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, let's get back into this, right? So before the break, I mentioned how things need to change with regards to Joel Embiid related to the things that Dave really mapped out in his column, right? Right now, he's fine. He's opting to not have the surgery. It's his choice. It's his right. He knows his body better than anybody. That's fine. If that's the case, then we need to get Joel in a room and just leave him in there with Doc and Daryl and hash this thing out. First of all, Joel, the MVP award for regular season, 
take that out of your head. Like I'm I'm sorry, but you've had you've had your shots to get this thing and it just has not worked out. You right now are not going to be able to play as many games as you need to to both qualify for the MVP trophy and help the Sixers get to the NBA Finals. At this point, I think it's got to be one or the other. And I think now, because like I was saying, it's championships or bust with this team, I think you have to just put aside the regular season awards. You have spots on the All-NBA second team. You've done that. You're a four-time All-Star. You have the Supermax contract. You have your money. You have some accolades. Say what you want about him right now, it being too early. But if Joel continues on this path, he'll be a Hall of Famer. He, he will because he's a generational center. And he's been doing things that we haven't seen centers do in a while. Like, Joel Embiid is the renaissance of the big man, right? And I don't think anybody would argue that. There's... Russell, there's Chamberlain, there's Shaq, and now there's Embiid slash Jokic, right? The, the, the big men come around like every once in a while, and the real transcendent ones really go into the Hall of Fame, like Duncan, David Robinson, guys like that. All these guys have championships, with the exception of Jokic, because he hasn't gotten there yet either. But Shaq, Duncan, Robinson... To a lesser extent, Ewing, but Ewing never won a ring either. But when it comes to the accolades, I think Embiid is going to be fine. I think from the personal accolade standpoint, I think he needs to focus on being the finals MVP and not the regular season MVP. Because if he's the finals MVP, then the Sixers likely win the championship. So if he goes into next season with this mindset and the Sixers are committed to saying hey we want you to play like I don't know 75% of the games which is roughly 54 54 to 56 something like that I would be okay if he played up to like 60 62 I think there needs to be like a hard number of games and this is going to suck, and Adam Silver doesn't want to hear this, but it's it's load management time for this guy. It really is, and it really has been load management time for quite a while now. It's going to be a shot to his ego. It's going to be a shot to his desire to play and win and do all these things and win individual accolades like the regular season MVP, but there's, there's no point chasing those things anymore, right? We're looking for championships now. Let Jokic and Anthony Davis, let those guys kill each other over winning this war. I mean, to be honest, Jokic, like, the Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets need Nikola Jokic to win the MVP. The LA Lakers need Anthony Davis to go for the regular season MVP, right? Because with Jokic, he's pretty much all Denver has right now with, we don't know what Jamal Murray is going to look like. We don't know if Aaron Gordon is going to go back to being the Aaron Gordon of old in Orlando. We don't know what Michael Porter Jr. is going to look like. I, they have Jokic, and like that's it. He makes the whole thing work. 
And with Anthony Davis, yes, I understand that the Lakers have LeBron James, who is the best player in the NBA and possibly the, and most likely the world. But LeBron is also very close to 40. And he is not the LeBron that he was when he was in his 20s. I think the Lakers are going to want to rely way more on Anthony Davis. I think they should rely a little bit more on Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis does get hurt quite a bit, but at the same time, I still feel like you want the younger guy to kind of be carrying the load, and then whatever LeBron adds on top of that from the MVP caliber that he's amply qualified to play against, like, you know, the the real big matchups, like when they have to play uh, Golden State or Phoenix or Milwaukee or any of the top teams. That's when you really want LeBron and Anthony Davis together. Right now, if you're the Lakers, you kind of want LeBron just coasting until, you know, late season playoff time and just let Anthony Davis kind of run the show. I look at this season going in, and this is kind of an extreme, so you might have to bear with me a little bit, right? The 05-06 Miami Heat team, when they had Shaq and Wade, Don't get me wrong, I understand that Wade was the straw that stirred that drink. I I understand that, but it's it's still Shaq. He only played in 58 games, and that's because he missed 18 games with an ankle injury. But this is something that I love about that year of Shaq. This is a quote from him in an interview talking about that season. Stats don't matter, I care about winning. That's the mindset that we want Embiid to have right now. I don't care about the stats. I don't care about regular season accolades. I got my accolades. I got my money. I want my championship. I want my Larry O'Brien trophy. That's what I want right now. In that regular season, Shaq didn't dominate. You look at his numbers and they were pretty they were pretty average, league average for a, a center of his skill and caliber, and he didn't really even dominate the playoffs either. When you look at his per 100 possession stats in 05-06, and this is the parallel that I'm going to draw, right? A little bit. Per 100 possessions in 05-06, that playoff run, 29.7 points, 15.8 rebounds, 2.7 assists per game, and then a 6-1-2 field goal percentage. These are Joel's averages last playoffs. 28.1 points. 10.5 10.5 rebounds, 3.3.5 assists, 5.13 field goal percentage. Yes, the field goal percentage could be up a little bit, but when you look at those numbers and compare the two, that version of Shaq, Joel is averaging that version of Shaq per 100 possessions, which is more than anything that you could ask for. Joel is already averaging that in the playoffs. And he did that last season at 75% or so. Definitely wasn't full strength. Can you imagine? Can you fathom what he would do to the entirety of the Eastern Conference if he was 100% the whole way through, right? Let's say that Joel has like a run-of-the-mill regular season, right? Maybe like 24 points, 12 rebounds, maybe like two, two and a half assists. But 
he shoots like 60% from the, from the field and like 80% from the line, which he's akin to doing already. And then he comes into the playoffs fully healthy, fully ready to go. The man is going to average like 35 points a game depending on the, depending on the matchup. I think that's what we want from him now, right? I think that's what we have to go for going into the season. I think that's the mindset that Joel and the Sixers front office and the entire organization, that's the mindset they need to have. And Doc and Daryl Morey have to really drill into this kid that that's where we are right now and the regular season does not matter. It's championship time. Doc, 60 to 65 games. That's it. And against the crap teams, no more than 30 minutes. And this is, this is what I will say. If you can't beat a crap team, like, for example, the, the, I guess the easiest, the easiest example would be Houston, right? If you can't beat the Houston Rockets by only playing Joel Embiid for 30 minutes then I seriously think that you have to reassess not just the roster, but possibly the coaching situation too. Because if I had Joel Embiid for 30 minutes against a team like the Houston Rockets, who have nothing as far as talent or cohesion or anything like that, if I can't beat that Houston Rockets team with just 30 minutes or less of Joel Embiid, then... I should not be a general manager. I should not be a head coach. And that's not a shot at Daryl Morey or Doc Rivers. It's just reality. And I guess, yeah, it is kind of a shot. But it's the truth. Against the weaker teams in the NBA, 25 to 30 minutes of Joel Embiid should literally be all you need. And if there are gaps and defensive hiccups or off and offensive hiccups, then Doc needs to be more... He needs to be more flexible with his lineups. The all-bench lineups with Tobias Harris needs to go. If anything, we've been clamoring to see more Ben at the five for a long time. We've seen how good the Sixers look when it's Ben Simmons at the five and he's just doing Ben Simmons things all the time. That We need to get more of that. More flexibility, more creativity, more everything on offense in terms of like looks pick and roll, pick and pop, screens, using just about anybody's a screen. Like, if you use Seth Curry as a screen and it works, then hell, I can, I can, I'll be fine seeing that a couple times a game. But things that lighten the load on Joel during these crap games against these crap opponents. And then sometimes just, just straight up taking whole nights off, right? After playing like 35, 40 minutes or so against the top team in the East, sit him sit Joel for that next game or that next game and a half there's no point there's no point there's no reason for this kid to have to go all out every game every night I get it some fans probably not gonna like the way that I phrase that but if the Sixers win a championship no one's really gonna care how much or how little Joel Embiid was played we win a championship we don't care how we get it that's just the truth and Daryl and everybody in that front office, they have to be committed to that fact. I hope everybody enjoys their Labor Day weekend coming up. If you're out and about at the shore or wherever you're going, be safe, wear a mask. If you're not vaccinated, if you are vaccinated, thumbs up for you, but you still have to be careful out there. 
enjoy your holiday, Liberty Ballers. We will still be here when you get back. We'll always be here helping you get ready for the upcoming season. Training camp is right around the corner. Workouts. Ben Simmons may or may not be traded by the time that we get back from the Labor Day holiday. We'll see. But in the meantime, I am Adil Royster. This has been the Out of Sight Podcast, a Vox Media Podcast. And we will... And I will chat with you all on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Adil B. Royster. Follow Liberty Ballers at Liberty underscore Ballers. Read all the fine content on LibertyBallers.com, including Dave Early's piece about what I was just talking about. We will link that in the description. And yeah, go Sixers. Enjoy Labor Day. And yeah, that's it. Stay cool out there. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.